Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. If, you, if you've been around for a while, you already knew that. If you're new here, thanks for stopping by. It's good to have you on board. Regardless of how long you've been around for, whether you're brand new to running, whether you've been at it for years, whether you're training for the Olympics, I hope it's all going well. Obviously, we, we have some highs and lows along the journey, but I always felt as though as long as I got on top of my mindset, as long as I was able to deal with the uh, the emotional roller coaster that running performance can bring your way. It was always so much more enjoyable. So I hope you're uh, I hope you're having a little bit of fun with it, regardless of how fast your running's going. It's um, Friday afternoon here. Things are starting to calm down. The sun's just poked its head out from behind the clouds here in Point Lonsdale in Victoria, which is I mean honestly, it's nice to see. It you don't see it a lot at this time of the year here in Melbourne. My wife, my little man, and uh, and I just got back from a week in Cairns, which is far north Queensland. And man, it's like 30 degrees every day there. I was working on a tan going into winter. It was ridiculous. It was just nice to, to put our feet up for a, for a few days, as much as you can with a baby. I, uh, someone said to me a while ago that traveling with a baby is, is pretty much just doing the same thing as you do at home in a different location. And uh, I thought, what, what do you know? What a horrible perspective. But he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. <laughs> so that was a good little trip. But while I was away, I was doing a little bit of brainstorming because... Uh, for those of you who who have kids, or even if you don't have kids, would know, it's it's so easy for for life just to get out of hand. For the commitments that we have to build up, for the time that we have available to diminish, and uh, it's sort of hard to know where to put that time. And I've I've had a couple of conversations with a number of the athletes that I coach, and it, it seems in a lot of instances to be a fairly universal experience. Not even just within the distance running world, but just life in general. And one of the big questions that uh, I've had, well, not not really one of the big questions, one of the most common questions that people have had, especially after listening to episodes with people like Liam Adams, is, is how to manage the workload, the family life with your running training. And it's it's come as a bit of a shock to me the last couple of years since having my little man. I've been mind blown at how much more organized I've got to be just with where I put my time and where I put my training. So I thought, uh, I'm sure there's a number of you out there who have probably experienced the same thing. And there's a few things that I've, I've realized within my own running uh, and with working with a number of other athletes that seem to be really helpful when it comes to not only planning your running, but just getting your life organized so it's a little bit more balanced. But with a focus or with a foundation on, uh, on, on running, I think it could be really helpful for us to uh, just develop a bit more of a comfortable mindset and a bit more of a relaxed attitude about how we structure our training. So so with all that said, I've written down a few things here which has really been helpful to, to me as uh, as life seems to be busier. It, it's a good busy, but it's busy, but busier than ever. And uh, I, I wanted to share a couple of these with you with the hope that they're helpful to your, uh, to your own running schedule, to your own life schedule. So number one is... If, if you're finding it really hard to just fit training in, one thing that I've started doing is is just scheduling my runs or scheduling my workouts. And uh, what I'll do, I'll, I'll sort of go across to my wife because the two of us, I, I usually finish work usually by about 3.30 or 4 o'clock and I try and take my little man for an hour or two while she cooks dinner. And, and, and I'll often say just so I don't feel like I'm just throwing all the weight of looking after little Charlie boy onto her. Look, this is when I was hoping to work out. This is when I was planning to work out. Is there any clashes in our schedule here? 
and just having her on side has been really helpful and uh, that's that's great if you've got kids but but even if you don't have kids just having a structured time within your week where you can allocate that time towards your running I think is really beneficial because uh, I don't know if you're anything like me but but I can so often fall into the trap of of feeling as though or, or thinking that I'm doing the wrong thing whenever I commit to something. So I'll start working. I'm like, I should be running. I'll go for a run. Like, oh, I should be working. But when I when I actually have it structured, a, a little bit of a timetable down, I, I find it a lot easier to really commit to each of the tasks that I'm in because I can say, okay, well, I've scheduled an hour block here for my run or for my workout. When I get home, I've got a couple of hours that I can work on everything else. But more than that, I I just feel like it gives my week a little bit of direction, a little bit of structure, a little bit of organization. And I I love, uh, whenever I'm planning the training for the athletes that I coach, we use a a platform called Training Peaks. And what's so beautiful about Training Peaks is the way that it's structured is it allows you to see a couple of weeks ahead of your training. And I just think having a a platform, it doesn't have to be Training Peaks, maybe it's an old school platform uh, maybe it's just your diary and you've you've written it ahead uh, just to get your head around. Uh, I think just having that allows us to go into each week with a little bit of an idea of what it is that we've got coming up. But more than that, you can you can almost see the picture being drawn of the preparation towards the event that you're training towards. Does that make sense? So if you've got a, a written diary, you're like, okay, well, at 12 o'clock, roughly on Friday, I'm going to go out for an hour run. And then I can get back to work. But then uh, it, you can just see those as stepping stones towards the the big um, uh, the big event that you have coming up. More than that, I think what's really important is scheduling some rest within your week. Like for me, my wife and I, we take Saturday off off work completely. I try and stay away from technology as, as much as I can. I have a day off social media just to let my mind rest a little bit to be able to switch off. And it's also an optional training day for me personally. So if I feel like getting out and doing something, I'll do it. If I don't feel like getting out and doing anything, I'll uh, I'll put my feet up. So Saturday in my week is that structured rest day. Um, but the rest is something a lot of us don't structure. We, we, we're very determined, very uh, deliberate when it comes to planning the, the running side of things. But when it comes to planning the recovery side of things, most of us, I know a lot of distance runners, you're probably as OCD as I am. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us find it hard to switch off and go, okay, well, this rest is actually as important in my training schedule as what the actual training is. So just having those boundaries, having those limitations, having that structured time, uh, not only allows you to see what you have coming up, but it also allows you to to really enjoy each part of your week a little more, or, or that's what I've found anyway. Uh, the, the other thing is, and, and this is a little bit more broad, but I was really inspired by a, a group called The Minimalists. If you, haven't, if you haven't heard of them before, if you haven't heard me mention them before, go and check out their website, theminimalists.com. Uh, these guys are amazing. They've got so many helpful tips and tools and strategies to help you organize your life and just get rid of the chaos. But one of the things that they speak about regularly is eliminating the excess from our life so we can focus on what is essential. And I mean, there's a number of ways we can do this. I'm looking behind me now. I've got uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And and one of the things that he recommends is, is clarifying the top five or six most important priorities in your life and you know it might be it might be family it might be your work it it doesn't have to be like a universal thing obviously 
But having some clarity on what it is that we really want to focus on allows us to uh, notice where it is that we're just throwing away so much of our time. So if, we are, if we're constantly just getting frittered away uh, on, on social media or on, online and we just feel like we're, we've run out of time, it could just be good to clarify, all right, where should my time be focused? Um, I always find if I've got those six things written down, for me, uh, I always say it's, it's faith, family, relationships, health career, contribution, and I chucked in a seventh, adventure. I like to make sure I'm focusing on each of those things. Anything outside of that, I often see as a as a, a little bit, not always, a little bit of a waste of my time and energy. So I try and structure my week around those. So whenever I'm investing in the, the health area of it, I'm like, okay, well, at the bare minimum, I'm investing in an area that I've clarified as one of the most important things for me. Uh, I always find just that clarity, that structure uh, allows me to feel more confident investing my time into that. But it's something that a lot of us don't do. Uh, so if, if running does fit into your top six or if your health and fitness does fit into your top six, then, hey, it's really important that we're investing in that. So where are the areas that you are wasting your time? I, I did like a, a little bit of a checkup on myself the other day and I, I, I was brave enough to have a look at the screen time on my phone and looking at the amount of time I spent on Instagram and Messenger, and I was like, okay, well, you're not as you're not as busy as you thought you are. You just spent an hour online uh, looking at apparently nothing. So <laughs> that could have been spent in such better way. So hey, I really encourage you to do the same thing. The the next thing that I would recommend, I've just read a, I've just finished reading last night an awesome book called Brainwash, where uh, in this book the I'm I'm not sure. I think he's like a I think he's a psychologist. The author's a psychologist or his son's a psychologist. And they speak about so often when we start something new, we, we often set this crazy expectation that, okay, we've started and by tomorrow I have to reach perfection, otherwise it's just a failure. And he, uh, he said, well, first of all, just getting started, uh, recognizing an area where you're falling short is is step one. You've already taken a positive step there. Uh and from that point forward, we're going to constantly be refining and improving and, and, and just adjusting the way that we perform these little skills. So, hey, don't expect perfection straight away as you start to navigate, you, you know, uh, eliminating the excess. If you get caught up one day, and I'm preaching to myself here, if you get caught up one day and you're like, oh, whoops, I just spent half an hour on Instagram again when I should have been focusing on work, at least we're recognized, at least we're aware of it. And from that awareness, uh, I, I think that improvement can really come. The, the fourth thing is just understanding. Now, this varies depending on what it is that you're training for. And, and, and there's different seasons, of course. Uh, if you're a marathon trainer, maybe you'll need a little bit more time than this. But for me, if I can spend sort of 30 minutes to an hour exercising each day, I'm stoked. And for a lot of athletes, that's more than enough time as well. It, even if you're training for a marathon, a, a lot of the time, it's only 12 weeks out from that marathon that we really start ramping up the training a, a lot of the time before that can just be building a foundation and uh, building a foundation it, not much more than an hour of running or or any kind of workout for that matter is required so understanding you don't need to be out there for two or three hours I, I go to the gym quite regularly and the amount of people that i see just sitting on their phone for 15 minutes in between sets uh and then having a conversation with them and them telling me that, you know, it takes them three hours to get through a session. I go, well, okay, so, sure. First of all, maybe they're really enjoying the time that they have to themselves. Uh, but 
but the truth is they probably only need an hour unless they're just doing some massive weights that, that need a longer rest. But the truth is uh, so many of us overestimate how much time we need to do each day. What I'm much more of a fan of is just doing the smaller things consistently. If you can show up for 45 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day over 12 months, the results that you're going to see in your running are, are going to be mind-blowing in comparison to going out for a three-hour run once a week. We, we've we got a... I'm not sure if it's a cultural thing or if it's... I, I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but I catch this in myself and I also catch it speaking to people. We, we love the idea of being a hero for a couple of days and we completely forget about the idea that uh, consistency is the key to running improvement. And you can look at any athlete and see that's true, whether it's Stu McSwain, whether it's Steve Monaghetti, whether it's your Ali Kipchoge. Man, Ali Kipchoge, I remember watching him as a 17-year-old in 2003 beat Hisham Al-Gharouj and Kenanisha Bakili. That guy's been incredibly consistent for the last, what's that, 19 years uh, and he's at the peak of his powers. But the same is true for us. We don't need to be the world record holder for the marathon for that to be true. We um, we just need to have an awareness of what it is that we're aiming towards. One of the guys that I've recently started coaching, his name's David. He was I was really excited to start working with Dave because one of the things that he mentioned when uh, we initially started talking about what a coaching relationship might look like was he said uh, he's got a long-term vision. He sees himself in phase one, of a three-year phase or a three-phased build-up and each phase lasting lasting for a year. He said his eventual goal is to start running marathons, but because of a couple of health issues that he's had, because of a couple of injury issues that he's had, he realizes it's going to be a bit of a slower process. So what I love about that attitude, that longer-term mindset, is we're not in such a hurry anymore. We're not trying to be super fit and at the peak of our powers for two months' time. We've got three years to build up to it. And the beauty with that is it just allows us to build that strength, to grow slowly, to give our body the chance to adapt to the training that we're offering it. And I think if we can do that and do it consistently, the proof's in the pudding. Name an athlete who's been running consistently for the last three or four years and hasn't improved rapidly. It's a, it's a challenge. I, I, would, I would bet some pretty good money that there's no one out there who's, uh, who's done a pretty smart and slow build-up who hasn't seen some rapid improvement. Running, you'd be sick of me saying this, but running seems to reward the most consistent. And I'm, I'm yet to be proven wrong with that. The last one is uh, something that I always valued when I was running was was just having my coach. I had a couple of coaches. I trained under Adam Diddick at the end. I trained under a coach in Ballarat by the name of Rod Griffin uh, for a few years. One of the great things about having a coach is sometimes it's just nice to bounce ideas off people. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our own heads, in our own goals, in our own training programs that we forget about the fact that there's people who have been doing this for longer than us. So uh, you probably notice this. Like I'll often go to someone, I'm not a real mechanical guy. I'm not a real um, hands-on kind of man, not a real handyman. So I'll have a task that I want to get done around the house and for me, I go, oh my gosh, this is going to take me all day. So I call my mate Zane, who lives around the corner, who's Mr. Handyman. I go, mate, I'll, I'll give you money to do this task because to me, what looks impossible is so simple to him. And often that's true with running as well. Like you, a lot of new athletes come to the sport of running and go, all right, well, this is where I'm at. I can currently run 5K. I would love to run a marathon, but it seems like it's impossible. But you speak to someone like myself who's been in the sport for 20 years and uh, we understand that there's really... There's really clear pathways towards doing that, and they can be 
built differently. They can be adjusted according to your lifestyle and um, you know your commitment to the sport and just the hours that you're willing to put in. So don't rule out how beneficial a mentor or a coach can be. If you've got someone in your area, jump on board with them. As I've mentioned, I've, uh, I've got a number of athletes that I work with, with in, in all countries around the world. I've got a, a guy in America, a guy in New Zealand. I've got some guys here in Australia. Um, so it doesn't really matter. That's the beauty of technology these days. We can, we can do the coaching relationship with things like training peaks and Zoom and emails quite easily. But uh, I mean, if you've got someone in your life who you, you trust a little more or you know a little better or might be able to help you out, make sure you reach out to them because the, the truth is there's, there's just people who have been in the sport for a long time who'd be more than willing to help and, and, and more than just willing to help, they'll have answers to the questions that you might have. So make sure you guys take advantage of that. I'd also really love to hear from a few of you guys about what you find helpful when it comes to balancing your running training with the rest of your work life. Jump over to Instagram and shoot me a message. I'll, I'll read out some of the responses next week if you're happy for me to give you a shout out because I, I know that I've only given you five and I understand there'd be a whole heap of people who have um, some some great tips and strategies around this and it's always really interesting. So, hey, please jump on board uh, or jump on Instagram and uh, go to... Go to Relax Running. Shoot me a message if you haven't already started following. Make sure you are. Make sure you jump on board. Keep up to date with what we're doing there. Um, I had something else that I wanted to tell you, and I've completely blanked on it. That's right. We've put together a kids running clinic. Uh, we've got a kids running clinic starting here in Victoria. It's actually going to be in Gippsland, which is my uh, my home region. I'm going to run a, a running camp there at the Trelgan Little Athletics Camp on the 28th of June, I think it is. If you know a kid who's aged between 9 and 13 who might enjoy that, we're going to be doing uh, skills, drills, exercises that elite runners use. We'll be playing running-based games. Um, I'll do some technique analysis with the kids. It's going to be a whole heap of fun. Just uh, I used to be a PE teacher, so it's going to be nice to combine that skill with my passion in running with a whole heap of kids who are just pumped to get out there and run around. You don't have to just be a runner. It doesn't just have to be a kid who's just obsessed with running. They might be a basketballer. They might be a footballer. They might be a soccer player. I'm going to take a max of 30 athletes uh, on board just so I can give them all the time and attention they need. It's going to be a four-hour clinic. Uh, jump over to relaxrunning.com. I've just put the link up there yesterday. Click on Kids Running Clinic and you can see a few more details there. If you've got any questions, shoot me a message. Uh, I'm going to plan them in different places around Victoria and Australia over the, well, we'll say the coming months, but definitely the next 12 months. So, hey, if you if you think you've got a, a heap of kids in your area that might like that, make sure you let me know. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, just wanted to let, let you guys know that super exciting little project that I've been working on, and uh, uh, I just I just know how much fun it's going to be. So as I said, if you know someone in Gippsland who might enjoy that, or got a kid who might enjoy it, let them know. Let them know where to go to sign up. But um, hey, that's enough for me. A little bit of food for thought. As I said, shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, got some good athletes coming up. Just been in touch with Zane Robertson over the next. Uh, two months I'm going to do a podcast with him if you don't know he was 17 when he moved to Kenya to uh, to train with the Kenyans with his brother actually you know I did a podcast with him about 18 months ago and the end of the podcast I have no idea how it happened but I deleted the episode it was like an hour and a half of gold so I'm so pumped to get him back on so I can uh, share the conversation with you because he's a an absolute ripper if you've got anyone that you think would be good on the podcast as well if you know anyone personally shoot me a message um I'd love, to, I'd love to be able to connect with people who you're interested in hearing from. So 
That's enough from me, guys. Hey, have a great weekend and uh, happy training. Get in touch if there's any help that I can offer you, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you all again next week.